All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Elio Canella, along with my co-host, Ben Pierce. Ben, how's it going? How's your week been? Oh, fantastic, man. I, ju- I just got back from uh, West Virginia yesterday afternoon. But you were telling me, a- you, tell me you, you, uh, you said you managed to watch Survivor Series after all Last yeah, I, I, I did because it was on the network and then I, I managed to, I didn't have a functioning TV while I was there, right? Um, but I managed to uh, watch the shows. Thank you. Uh, thanks to the website that you gave me. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, the uh, website's fantastic. Um, I was introduced to that uh, like many years back, like around 2013 or 2014 um, for like, because they had a lot of ROH and the podcast I was with, they used to always talk about ROH. So I was uh, told about that one and they had a, a whole lot of stuff on there. So I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, you know, and that's how I felt when I found it. It was kind of a similar feeling to when they launched the network because when they launched the network i almost died of happiness and and, um and it even it's even more useful now because uh being that i covered the new japan shows which there was a show this past weekend that i completely forgot about because we haven't uh, looked at that show that uh promotion in like since october since the G1 climax, so they had like a junior tag league or something. Five shows, three hours each. Do the math. Three, oh f- fifteen hours of television. <laughs> Jeez. So fifteen hours of tag team wrestling. No. Yeah, I I think he would have been uh, wiped out. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, I've always been a tag team wrestling guy. But I think I think when the when either the majority or the entirety of a show is tag team wrestling, it gets a little cumbersome. And then you get, I, then you get burned out. Yeah, because I've always been I've always been like a like a regular tag team match guy. I don't I don't like the ones with like you know four teams, eight teams and all that stuff. Yeah, but they have they have a lot of those in New Japan. They're, those are those are those are a chore to get through. It 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 just becomes really uh cumbersome to to deal with that. But uh speaking of something that's cumbersome to deal with on a on a daily basis, Uh-oh. WWE television. Oh jeez. And, and your 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 trusty your trusty host from your favorite podcast, which better be the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, if you're listening to us, goddammit. Um, but unlike WWE, we're actually going to make the weekend review fun and entertaining, which is the concept that WWE no longer understands for some ungodly reason. And we're um, and we're gonna just, uh, start by taking a look at last weekend Survivor Series, which I don't know. What did you think of the show? Well, you know, here, here here's the thing with that, right? So a lot of a lot of the matches were solid, um, but 
they don't mean anything because the the whole the whole kind of survivor series setup doesn't mean anything now because there's no stakes on the line so it's like um like even even the even the tag team match which we'll get into no that's uh, that's why i told you you want to look at the survivor series the original survivor series 1987 to 1991. Yeah, well, now that I'm back from vacation, I I'm gonna definitely start doing that. That's um, the those are the original, the real Survivor Series, the ones they have now. But, no. but it's just like it's just like there's nothing on the line. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything. And and you know, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it in depth here in a minute. But one. Um, one thing I want to bring up is is the tag team title match between the new the, the um, new day and the Street Profits. That was that was a really good match, right? But then you know you come to Friday and you do you have the Street Profits lose to Ziggler and Rude of all people after after they beat the fucking New Day. You know, it, 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 and it's just, excuse me, what the hell? You know, so <laughs> it, it's it's one of those things where I just feel like, number one, it's counterproductive, but also more, more dangerously, it's insulting to the viewer's intelligence. And when, when, and when you insult the viewer's intelligence, that's when I get pissed off because... They treat us like we have the memory of, of, you know, a very simple-minded individual. And it's just, you know, that's when I get frustrated. But anyway, um, enough, enough of the, of the jibber jab. Let's dump it, jump into the meat and potatoes. Jibber jab? No, <laughs> what show, the hell? Did you say jibber jab? What the hell? A little, a little American Thanksgiving reference. Uh, let's get on with the show here. So start. We start with Survivor Series 2020. Thirty years of the Undertaker, or I swear, what did they call it? Best of the best. Yeah, this is. Um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they don't know the rights to that one because that's a movie from 1989. Well, yeah, uh, and and. I'm pretty sure they don't own the rights to that either. So yeah, we'll so. just go. They might they might have to update their trademarks, but nonetheless. Yeah, you never know. Oh, we're gonna find a trademark for best of the best. Uh, okay, fine, whatever. Okay, so <laughs> let's start with that. I know you don't watch the kickoff show, so I will take care of that one for you because. Okay. Thank you. I actually did watch it, like because we watch this part of the whole show because we included in our in the reviews so on the kickoff show we had the battle royal which i could not care less about and the winner in this one i swear when when i thought dominic mystery was going to be the last one in there and win the battle royal i was like nope 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 but then the miz comes in from behind, throws Dominic Mysterio over the top rope, and the Miz wins the battle royal here. But okay, 
All right. That meant absolutely nothing. That doesn't mean jack shit. Yep. Because there was, there was nothing on the line for the Battle Royale. Oh, here we go. This is an odd. This is odd. Okay. So they gave this match 12 minutes. This is an 18-man dual brand Battle Royale. Where have they ever had an 18-man Battle Royale? Usually it's 20 oh, or 30. fucking, fucking. It's so stupid. Usually it's 20 or 30 men, not of 18. Well, okay. Okay, well, that just goes to show you, number number one, that nobody, nobody has any common sense. And two, it, it also shows you the lack of ideas and the lack of creativity they have for over, over two-thirds of their roster. It's, it, it's embarrassing. All right, so I took that takes care of the kickoff show, which I just don't care. Okay, so now we open with our first match. It is Team Raw consisting of AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Matt Riddle, or as the, they like to call him now, Riddle, taking on Team SmackDown, which is comprised of Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. They gave this match 19 minutes, 25 seconds. Seth Rollins steps in for Team SmackDown and just sacrifices himself to Sheamus. Sheamus just lays him out with a bro kick and takes a three count. Well, you know, he said it was for the greater good, but the, the thing with that is, you know, after- Yeah, we know he's being written off TV. Yeah, and after um, after he lost to Buddy Murphy to um, to Rey Mysterio and Buddy Murphy, uh, you know, consecutively, pretty much, you kind of knew after the Murphy match that okay, he's done. So he really didn't have a place on the Survivor Series team. So. Even though the move to have him sacrifice himself was stupid, it was like, why is he even on the team if he just finished this god awful storyline, you know, with Rey Mysterio and um, and uh, Dominic, which which you know, and I love Rey, and and Dom, Dominic is is uh, so far very impressive, but but the thing is. For me not to care about a storyline that goes that long surrounding one of my favorite guys of all time, that tells you how uninteresting that storyline was to me. So, so my point being the fact that, you know, Seth just came out of this god-awful storyline, which felt like it took years off of our lives, um, and then, and then just to have him sacrifice in this one, um, I have to pose to you this question. What was the point of having Seth Rollins on the team? There was no point. I don't even know why he was on there because I knew something was going to happen because they've been talking about uh, him being written off of television for a while now. 
Well, yeah, and but but that part, the fact that he'd be written off is is perfectly logical because. But I, I just know, think because, it was, I was thinking it was stupid the way he did it. Like, why would why didn't be why be on the team in the first place then? If you're gonna, like, if you're just okay, gonna do that. But, yeah, I mean, like this this is this is what you do because, like like I said, it makes perfect sense that he's going to be leaving because it's his child is just about to be born so that part makes sense but so if you're if you're gonna write him off have him at least you know get hurt in in the in the middle of a, of a competitive match you know what I mean it's just when you put when you, when you put him on a team just for the sake of being sacrificed um, then it, to me, that is that is reeking of 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 laziness. Number one, uh, and number two, it just shows me that you had no plans for him on the team anyway, and he was just there to fill a spot. And then you see the you rest of the, the rest of the team were yelling at him like, "What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you well, doing?" Yes. <laughs> well, and that was my question. Well, yeah, what are you doing? You know, and, and clearly, clearly, uh, Vince or Bruce, you know, having a little bit of an aneurysm or at least a bathroom break during that whole thing because that made no sense whatsoever. So, so Seth Rollins is the first elimination. AJ Styles eliminates Kevin Owens. Uh, Riddle, Riddle eliminates King Corbin. Braun Strowman eliminated Otis and Keith Lee took out Jey Uso. So Team Raw wins 5 nothing. <laughs> okay. So let's this, talk this, about this, that. this dysfunctional team manages to win. Let's talk about that. And I'm going to try not to take up a half an hour of airtime with a rant. Oh. <laughs> although although that, that might be very difficult. So I'm, I'm going to try to hold myself together here. Right. Um, the, so the entire storyline for Team Raw going into Survivor Series was that they couldn't get along and they couldn't, you know, pull together to save their lives. There was a bunch of egos clashing. And, of course, AJ Styles proclaimed himself the captain. Nobody agreed with that, and that was that was the storyline. And then we got all these, you know, horrific segments where Matt Riddle's giving each other team names yeah, and we're having just you know, nonsensical warm-up matches to yeah. you know to build team cohesion and leadership. Fire um, Fireface, ma uh, Mongoose, Skipper, uh, Skipper, and Broly, um, Broly, and Dopey, and uh, Dopey. Now, what the fuck is it? Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, or wrestling pay per view? Jesus Christ! Um, but it's just, it's just so stupid. So the entirety of of the Raw storyline is is the fact that they can't get it together and then and then you have them destroy um, team smackdown which which i admit did not did not have a proclaimed captain okay 
But it's to me. But it's right, supposed to be Jay. It's supposed to be Jay it's supposed to be Jay Uso because yeah, but they didn't really they didn't really proclaim yeah. him as that. Yeah. But it, it'd be it'd be logical that he would be considering his ongoing storyline with Roman. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, that is like the best thing going on oh WWE God, television. Right? I don't really want to hear. I don't really want to hear arguments to to uh, counter it because there is no. And, sense and, we'll, and we'll get in, and we'll get into that later on in our SmackDown reviews. Right, um, but the thing the thing is, um, you know, one it makes Jey Uso. So so okay, um, this whole uh, Jey Uso thing, considering the storyline, I've been I've been given license to go on a rant here, so I'm going to thoroughly enjoy myself for a minute. Um, it, 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 it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever because you would think that SmackDown would be the stronger team because they were the ones showing cohesion in the first place. You know, you have, you have all these different um, guys on, on your team that are some of the most... Uh, over guys on the brand right now with, with the exception of uh with the exception of uh i would say king corbin because king corbin absolutely sucks um but but even even before that let's let's break this down even further okay so everybody's wearing team colors because obviously the fans are too stupid to realize that red represents Raw and, and blue represents SmackDown. So, of course, they have to be reminded of that, which I just find so stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, so, there was that. But, you know, and then, and then to start the match, the aforementioned, uh, you know, Seth Rollins debacle which is fucking ridiculously stupid. You know what? I mean, I understand that he's taking time off, you know, for the purpose of, of having a baby and God bless him. Good luck with that. I have no problem. But as I, as I was saying to Elio before, um, beforehand, you know, why not just have him get hurt in the middle of the match? Why would you have him, um, why would you have him just sacrifice himself and then thus take up a slot on a Survivor Series team for no reason whatsoever? Um, so that, that confused me. And then the, 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 rest, the rest of the match was okay. I was, I was glad to see that, um, you know, Keith Lee got the, um, the last pin. Uh, with the uh, spirit bomb on uh, on uh, Jay Uso. Yep. But the whole the whole thing is, I I really aside from how Team Raw was was booked going into the, to this match. Um, there's there's another reason why I expected Team SmackDown to win or at the very least have a competitive showing. 
Um, because, and that is the fact that Jay Uso was on the team. And as I just stated a few minutes ago, and I, I hate to feel like I'm repeating myself, but it, this, this part does bear repeating. Um, you know, Jay Uso is in the middle of the biggest storyline on your brand, and you're going to have a team that he's on, you know, get swept five to nothing from, from, by a team that couldn't get their shit together. For, for weeks beforehand, um, ex excuse me, I got a little bit of a problem with that. Now, now, granted, they did try to, um, they did try to tie that into uh, Roman Reigns promo on SmackDown. So, you know, so at least they tried to make sense out of that. But I, I just, I don't like um, the fact that SmackDown got swept aside from storyline reasons or anything like that i think you you just make you know f five of your biggest um brand stars i'm gonna say four and then and then king corbin because i can't consider king corbin a star in any capacity i'm sorry so you you bury you know four of your four of your brand's biggest stars um, in, in, in the space of, of 19 minutes. And I, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Um, so it's just absolutely ridiculous. And, and, and to tell you the truth, this was one of, if you really break it down, um, you know, s s yeah, SmackDown had a weak team, but the the way that the way that Raw had been going into it, it, there's no way that this should have been booked the way that it was, okay? And, and it, it it just it boggles the mind, and it just I hate it so much. I I don't think I've ever seen a match that is so in, encapsulated the the fall of survivor series in terms of importance because yes you have the, the the five on five match you know and 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 bear in mind people that this this was really the only um the only traditional uh survivor series match with the exception of the of the women's match which was a bigger debacle in its own right and we'll get into um, that. But I just I don't understand how they could have booked this so poorly, um, and and it and it really does illustrate how far Survivor Series has fallen in terms of prestige in WWE. Um, Elio, what's your take on uh, how this uh, men's um, how this men's match was booked? It just baffles me. You have this team that's not been able to get along for the past however many weeks, and all of a sudden they like sweep the entire match and take out Team SmackDown. I just don't, I just don't get it. And they were still yeah, arguing. And really, they were still arguing. I really must be missing something. But the next, uh, our next match, we have the Street Profits. Taking on the new day, and they give this one 13 minutes and 40 seconds. 
Um, you know, I, I I liked the match. I thought the I thought the match was um, was really good. Um, you know, I don't I don't think you're gonna get a bad match out of the New Day or the Street Profits. Um, it's just with both of these teams having kind of the comedic twist to them. Um, it just that's the only thing that makes that makes me sour on them. But in terms of, in terms of the in-ring stuff and, and the Gears of War attire from the New Day, which, which I enjoyed, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a video game guy. Uh, I actually spend a lot of time watching walkthroughs on YouTube because uh, I, I can't play Dude. a lot of these games. What? Hold on. You can't play the games, but... So, but why do you watch the walkthroughs? I mean, don't you like feel like just don't you feel like just like getting a copy and playing the game? Like I know you can't, but I'm saying, like when, when while you're watching that, uh, well, yeah, but but you know, but, hold on, hold on. So sorry, we had a headphone mishap. Um, but so. There are there are certain games that I can play, uh, mostly the the sports games, but um, like a lot of these um, like role playing games or like yeah. these wider world games, yeah. a lot of the um, a lot of the controls are just like too complicated, and the fact that I I pretty much have one dead hand uh, does not um, does not lend itself to uh, pushing seven buttons at once to perform one maneuver. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I get you know, that. Um, but, uh, like, because when I try to play Mortal Kombat games, I have an aneurysm just trying to, you know, perform a fatality or <laughs> Mortal something. Mortal Kombat? Who, who do you play as? Or who have you played as? Um, well, I, I, think my, I think my favorite... Um, I think my favorite Mortal Kombat character of all time was always uh, Scorpion. Yeah, I always played Scorpion, and I would always do the fatality. My brothers would get mad at me; they would tell me to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so much fun! Get over here! <laughs> right, come here. You know, but but anyway, um, so I did. I did appreciate the Gears of War reference. Um, you know, and uh, actually speaking of video games, Xavier Woods was uh, selected to host the um, the C4 conference. Oh. Um, so that so was... Um, C4 is... I, I think that's what it's called. Let me, let me double check that just so I don't sound like an idiot. Um, but... Um, <clears throat> So on the fly research. Yeah, while you're looking that up, uh, we move on to the next match. And in the next match, champion versus champion, United States champion Bobby Lashley taking on. Oh no, it's called the G4. G4, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm like C4. What the fuck am I thinking? C4 was a terrible movie. Yeah, he's actually, I actually know what I was thinking when I said C4. That's actually a uh, 
popular radio sh- uh, show host in my area. So, oh, okay. I'm not a complete moron. All right. So, in the next anyway. match, next match, we had United States champion Bobby Lashley defeating Intercontinental champion Sami Zayn by submission. They gave this one seven minutes and 50 seconds. No, Elio. Um, but let me say something, and then this this sets up a question. All right. So, so as as you'll recall in my uh, in our prediction show, I said you know obviously Bobby Lashley was just going to destroy Sami Zayn, and and yep. that's what happened. Yep. But based on how Sami Zayn has been booked, and, and in my opinion, he's one of the most uh, entertaining aspects of SmackDown lately. Um, is it just me, or did they make the Intercontinental Championship look completely irrelevant when Bobby Lashley dominated Sami Zayn the way that they did? Uh, yeah, it made it look like the United States Championship was more important than the Intercontinental Championship, and, uh, I'm not a Bobby Lashley fan. I don't know. Just, well, I've just well, never been a fan. Look, I'm I'm not the biggest Bobby Lashley guy any anyway. But what what I am is I'm a big hurt business guy. So from that perspective, um, you know, I wasn't hating on it, but just just I think I think when you put Sami Zayn in the ring with Bobby Lashley, it just sets Sami Zayn up for failure. And um, you know, given that he's been one of the hottest commodities uh, on SmackDown, outside of uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey and, and Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, um, I, just, I I think it's a bad move, and I I, th- I think the match came off poorly as a result. And in the next one, um, this one, I was entertained. I like this one. Sasha Banks defeating Sasha Banks, SmackDown Women's Champion, defeating the Raw Women's Champion, Asuka. And they gave this one, they gave this one 13 minutes and five seconds. I like this one. You know, it, it it is so smooth to watch both of these women wrestle. Um... And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what how much time did they give this? 13 minutes, five seconds. Okay, so so they actually gave it a, a decent amount of time, yeah, which yeah. was I'm glad that they did. Um <clears throat> but um you know I I think I I think they stopped it a little bit too early because it was really getting good. That I mean that closing sequence. And just how how smoothly um, how smoothly Sasha Banks countered out of the um, out of the um, Oscar lock into the um, into the bank statement um, was one of my uh, was one of my favorites. And and look, male or female, Sasha Banks is one of my favorites in the game. And I, I cannot wait for Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. That has money written all over it, and I am here for every single solitary second of it. Um, I um, 
we have we have seen these two women put on bangers all throughout their careers. Um, I think it was the right move to have Sasha Banks playing, uh, being that she was coming off of her feud with Bailey and having won the championship. You know, obviously, uh, previous to defeating, um, previous to uh, winning her match on SmackDown after um, after winning the the belt. Um, I think that set her up for a more solid run because if you'll recall, um, previous to that, she hadn't really successfully retained um, before, um, which which always shocked me. Um, but I think this sets her up, and I think I think a solid win over Asuka in a match such as this one. You know, have I seen better matches from them? Yes. Well, and I say that only because I think I think that they were just getting into second gear in, in those last couple moves and then, and then they they uh, executed the the pin you know the the combination and and what and what I really liked was was you know Sasha won clean which is something we don't we don't see too much of there, there's there's always some sort of uh, some sort of situation going on outside the ring, whether whether it be from Bailey or from another entity such as Carmella, uh, which which um, you know, especially given the fact that you know Carmella has been kicking the crap out of Sasha Banks um, leading into this match, I was I was very I was very happy that Sasha Banks won in the in the fashion that she did. And then she had a nice follow-up on SmackDown, which we'll get into uh, during our SmackDown review. But yeah, this these two women never disappoint, and and it's just it's it's so refreshing. And I would say equally parts frustrating because you know for for as for as hot as the women's division once was, they have really cooled off, and. Um, I don't think that's fair to the women's division, um, but Asuka and Sasha Banks will never fail to uh, to put on a great match, and they did it again here, so I was very happy for them. Okay, the next uh, match is my now look moment because we had Team Raw comprised of Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce defeating Team SmackDown made up of Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Lynn Morgan, Bailey, and Natalia. I hated this. Oh my god. I'm gonna, we're gonna you know what? I'm gonna just gonna go through the eliminations fast because I want to get to the end because I gotta talk about the end. Okay, yes, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, we're going to get the ever so rare Elio Canella rant. Yes, <laughs> and maybe, ladies and gentlemen, maybe he'll even drop an F-bomb, which is my life's mission to make a, make a Canadian drop an F-bomb. It's so much fun. Continue, Elio, please. I just wanted to give you a smooth segue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we had uh, <laughs> Bailey getting eliminated by Peyton Royce. 
the Natalia eliminates Peyton Royce. So, oh my God, Bailey eliminated by Peyton Royce. Can someone kill me now? Like this is this this match isn't getting set up very well. Lacey Evans eliminates Lacey Evans eliminates Natalia. Oh God. Shayna Baszler eliminates Ruby Riot. Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan eliminates Lacey Evans. Nia Jax takes out Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler, and then the end comes is like goes like this. We had Bianca Belair and Nia Jax. Well, first of all, uh, Shayna Baszler put her finisher on. Bianca Belair. Bianca made it to the ropes and Shayna didn't break the holes, so she got disqualified. So it's down to Nia Jax and Bianca Belair. They both go to the outside. Natalia clears the table. I mean, uh, Nia Jax clears the table. So then, right. after that, Nia Jax, sorry, Bianca Belair makes it back into the ring. I think that's how it was. But then she gets, Bianca gets taken out. And uh, there's, both of them are gone. However, here's the ending. Here's my what the fuck moment. There's your (laughs) F-bomb. Yes, there we go. Because what the fuck did I just see here? What you, you saw, ladies what and you, gentlemen, yeah, go on. What did we see? Was Lana was the sole survivor of the women's survivor series match after standing on after, the, after standing on the ring step for the entire match, it went fuck all. And as, as my co-host so eloquently put it, she didn't do jack shit. Oh my god, that was so. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me let me break down the the gargantuan oh. level of stupidity. Oh my of this. god! And the night jacks had this like incredulous look on her face, like. Like you, the team well, just won. What are you angry about? You know, and, but but and I I hate Nia Jax as a wrestler. Um, but uh, we had very similar facial expressions going on here because, um, you, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Elio, but didn't uh, Lana go through a table uh, nine consecutive weeks before this? I think it was, was it nine or 10? I, I lost it was, track. It was, it, it was nine. Okay, I lost um, track, I don't know. And, and so the point of that, I guess, from what I can gather, is that Bruce and Vince, uh, and I will, uh, I will emphasize the word again. Bruce uh, believes that um, believes that doing this will will make uh, Lana a sympathetic baby face. So that's why that's why they're doing the whole table thing. And this this is this, this is the same guy that dressed up as a stupid cowboy and called himself uh, Real Rogers. 
Yeah, exactly. There's a flash from the past. Uh, go back and look it up, kids. Uh, Ellis was right. I'm sorry, I remember that. Oh my god, flash, give me nightmares again. Just when I thought that it couldn't get any worse than Johnny Ace on a skateboard, we get Rio Rogers. Good lord. Um, but he, but here's the thing. So I saw it coming from a mile away that Lana was going to be the sole survivor, kind of as a way to get revenge on um, on uh, Naya and Shayna, particularly Naya. She's the one that put them. They put her through a table nine times in a row. Um, but here, here's here's the, here's the thing, and I, I hate to jump forward, but I, but given given the fact that um, given the fact that it relates directly to the stupidity of this match, I do want to go over one segment of 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 Monday of Monday Night Raw uh, while we're talking about this. So. Um, so basically the fallout from this was that Lana got a Raw Women's Championship opportunity from Asuka the following night on Raw. Um, here's the thing, though. Uh, number one, Lana didn't ask for a championship match. No. Number two, she didn't want one because when she was offered it, she was trying to get out of it. Um, where the fuck is this booking going? How weak and how stupid does Lana look? One in the ring with with Oscar, where the where the skill level is just wider than the Grand Canyon. I mean, good God! So that that's the first issue with the matchup. Um, no, number two, how stupid does Lana look when she doesn't want a, a match for the women's championship? Right. And right. number three, um, it wasn't really a match anyway because there was interference, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just, it was a complete waste of time. So why? Why was she given a, a championship match when she's done nothing but get her ass kicked for the last two months? Um, previous to that, we'd hardly seen Lana in the ring at all. So why did she have a winning championship match? Are you sensing a theme in my in my argument here, yes. Elio? Yes. You see, I'm, what I'm trying to do, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is is find the logic where there really is none to be found. Um, so, I'm so I'm sorry. And before you go on, I'm sorry. The, this match, they gave this match went longer than the men's uh, Survivor matches. They gave this one 23 minutes and 20 seconds. Oh, blow it out your ass, Vince. Great Outdoors, 1988. <laughs> if, exactly. If, fans, if you don't know that movie, we can't be friends. Go and watch it. Classic 80s and, and by the way, yeah, by, by the way, I have seen that movie, and that is a fucking classic. Yes, it is. See, my co-host knows. So, so all you fans out there, go watch that movie. 
I'll tell you what, the, the, the interplay between John Candy and, uh, and, uh, Dan Dan, yeah, Dan Aykroyd was absolutely, um, yep. fantastic. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and honestly, before I saw that movie, I always thought that the best, well, the best John Candy movie, in my opinion, is planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't think that's an that's an argument, but um, but pre- other than that, I would give it to either The Great Outdoors or Uncle Buck. And if nope. you haven't seen any of those three movies, I don't know what you're doing with your life. The, I don't know what the hell you're 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 doing. I really don't. Um, you know, you tell it's, 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 You give it to them. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Go have some fun and listen to some real comedy, courtesy of one of the icons of the of the uh, in, of the industry of the genre. And go get an education in actual comedy from Mr. John Candy. PNC uh, exclusive. I, I, I love this show. I, I, and I, I love you, as a matter of fact. Speaking of Bruce Pritchard, we'll call one of his lines, I love you. Oh, my God. Okay. God damn, this guy is such a fucking goon. <laughs> He's such an asshole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I had to look up uh, the real Rogers character. Did you know, do you, do you know where that came from? That character? Uh, no, I don't. That's actually, no. it was supposed to be a satire on Dusty Rhodes. I just, oh my and pr- God. Pr- 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 prior to that, he was a heel commentator on All American Wrestling, calling himself the Wizard. Oh, blow out your ass. What are you a wizard of? Bad booking? <laughs> Oh my god. This is the guy that managed to look stupid next to The Undertaker. This is the guy that can't book a professional wrestling show to save his fucking life. I always found that this is the, you know go I always found that bad going on. I always found that bad sorry. I always found that pairing to be very strange. Undertaker and Brother Love. That made no sense. Well and and, and that's why that's why he was replaced by Paul. Bear. Thank God. Okay, yeah, thank so, God for that. So let's move on to the main event. We had SmackDown Universal Champion Roman Reigns defeating Raw WWE Champion Drew McIntyre. They gave this one 24 minutes and 50 seconds. And this match, look, we shoot on WWE a lot for a very good reason. But I also I also want to give them credit where it's due, and I have no problem, and I am over the moon to say, or or <laughs> not to steal Cameron Grimes' gimmick. Um, okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, I had to let you do it one time, <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, but anyway. Um, I felt that this match was very good and, and quite frankly could have been a match of the year candidate. I loved it. All right. 
And uh, then we cap off the pay-per-view with The Undertaker's Farewell. Yeah. Um, which I have a massive problem with here. Uh-oh. Okay? You didn't like this? Because, no, no. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Oh, and, okay. Tell us and, why. Uh, oh, believe me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be an atom bomb going off in this motherfucker. Oh, um, shit. Oh, because... Because you have all of these guys, all of his friends coming out here. You have a Paul Bear hologram. I like that part. I, I like that part. Yes. Well, and that was the only part I did like. Because you have all of these people coming out. Uh, you know, you had Shane McMahon. Okay, well, we know that they're very good friends. Big Show. Uh who had a who had a partnership with Undertaker back in the day, um, and, and, and yeah, the, the, the unholy alliance. Exactly, and one of the coolest moments um, from the from the nineties of, of the Big Show getting choke slammed through the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, JBL, I don't know what Jeff Hardy was doing out there. Oh, uh, uh, actually, they, I, I do. I know what he was doing. Oh, out there. oh. Oh, because of the of the two thousand two ladder match. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I take that back. I I thought of it right after I said that. So, uh, pardon me. Uh, Mick Foley, obviously. Um, the Godfather and Savio Vega were clearly part of the BSK. If you don't know what that is, please go and watch the Undertaker last ride or the. Or, the um, broken skull sessions. One more round. Get an education, please. Um, no, one more round. So they had Undertaker on twice. Is that right? Yes. And oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to go watch the second one then. Oh, and the second one was so much better. Uh, the second one was so good. Okay. Um. <clears throat> But anyway, so they bring out all these guys, including the Godfather, Savio Vega, you know, all the guys I previously mentioned, Rikishi, who got choke slammed off Hell in a Cell in, in 2000, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Nash, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, and all, obviously Kane. And Ric Flair. Uh, who, or you, did you see Ric Flair? Yeah, I saw Ric Flair. It's weird. I didn't see Kane, though. No, I saw, I saw, I saw, Kane. I saw, I saw Kane. I saw him come out. I, I don't know. I, don't, I saw him come out. I don't know if he disappeared after. Well, they all did, and I think that's why I missed him because they came to the ring. Yeah, because Kane did. Kane did come out. He did come out. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and look that up on YouTube or something because I didn't see that. Um, but you know, so the ring was cleared. And Vince comes to cut a promo after a video package. Um, why would you have all those guys come out and not say anything in tribute to The Undertaker? Uh, share some memories. Um, you know, talk about his career. Um, you know, tell some BSK stories. I mean, you know, what 
what was that? Like I said, the only cool part was the Paul Bear hologram. The other, I mean, look, this is, this is what I hate. Okay, now, now if if you guys have have watched, um, you know, any of the Last Ride, which I which I highly recommend. I think I think the Last Ride of the Undertaker is the best uh, documentary that. Um, WWE Network has put out, um, and plus any of the uh, Broken Skull sessions, um, you'll, you'll notice a theme that um, that The Undertaker really had trouble, you know, calling it quits, and he he really thought that, you know, a WrestleMania 33, um, that farewell against Roman was going to be it. Uh, which I did too, because I cried when he lost his jacket and gloves in the ring. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I did, and I, I don't cry, but that had me, that had me tearing up. Um, you know, and obviously he had a hard time letting go. You know, and he can't say no to Vince and whatever. And I'm, I'm not insulting him. I, I, I actually, I actually felt bad for him because he had all those. Debacles in Saudi Arabia with you know DX and Kane and Goldberg almost broke his neck. Almost broke his neck with Goldberg. Yeah. Who every time I see that clip, I cringe. Every time. Okay, and it's I just I feel yeah. like I feel like I'm having a I feel like I'm having a Matt Hardy moment all over again. It's oh. just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um, but you know why would you have all these people and and pretty much base your pay per view around this segment in the main event to have it come off so bad? It was terrible. Again, I, 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 I really I really don't underst- understand what they're doing because. You know, like I, I get having an Undertaker statement because it's a 30-year anniversary. But why would you book it as his final farewell? And I, and I, I say that because under normal circumstances, this would have been the perfect uh, scene for his final farewell. You know, 30-year anniversary and all of that. But the reason why it doesn't work is because. Due to COVID-19, there's nobody in the arena. So obviously, if you're thinking logically, uh, as a as a fan or otherwise, um, you, you know that we're not going to see The Undertaker for the last time in front of no fans. So just knowing that going into it and having them call it the final farewell, that in and of itself made the segment not land before it even went on. And the fact that it was executed so poorly uh, made it look even worse. So are we, um, are, so are, I, are we, are we going to get another WrestleMania so, match? That's my fear. I don't want one. I just want I just want him to have his moment in front of of fans. That's 
I want him to be able to say goodbye. I because I didn't have a pro- when the Undertaker came out and said what he said and cut his promo. I had no problem with that. I thought that was great. I thought, like I said, I thought the Paul Barrett part was great. It was it was, it was the lead up and and all and the fact that they had all those people in the ring and nobody said anything. But so the fact that that was that 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 was the main segment of the show. Um, was ridiculous. But I, I feel like WWE could have avoided that because they know that that's not going to happen uh, with with The Undertaker being its final farewell in front of no fans. Everybody knows that that's not going to be the last time we see Undertaker. So, you know, but... So overall, there were some serious highlights of of this show. You know, Drew and Roman was was off. The yeah, I, hold on, hold on. I've got a couple of Undertaker stories. Uh, oh, please, by all means. It's nineteen ninety two. Okay, I mean, I'm. Uh, yeah, okay. It's nineteen ninety two. I'm eighteen years old. It's like around Halloween. I'm. I'm buying, uh, I believe, grade 11, grade 12. Um, so for Halloween, uh, they, always, they always had like yearbook committee going around taking pictures of people to put in the yearbooks. Right. right? What I really hate yeah. is, you know, you know what I hate is when you have that person, you ever, you ever had that person that takes pictures of everything, but they only put their friends in the yearbook? Uh, yeah, I had that all the time. Okay, so they took a picture of me on this particular day. I was dressed in my Halloween costume. And I was dressed oh, up. I was dressed up as the Undertaker. Oh, God. They took, my they took my picture. They never put it in your book. I had the hat. I had the coat. I had the gloves. And now... The first class of the day uh, was uh, science. So I walked into the classroom. My science teacher was a wrestling fan. Now, he got he, he got mad at the rest of the class. He told the class to be quiet and uh, do their work, right? Yeah. And then he walks over to me. I'm sitting there with my friends. He starts talking to us about WWF. And I'm looking at him like, but sir, you're supposed to do our work. We're here doing our work. He's like, no, it's okay. I know you guys do your work all the time, so you can talk. It's okay. And so he sits <laughs> there and starts talking wrestling with us. He's looking at my Halloween costume. He's like, aren't the Undertaker's gloves orange? Oh, I'm God. Like, I'm like, I think he punched a hole through your television screen. The Undertaker's gloves are not orange. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! So that's what now. Two and actually, um, while we were doing this review, it gave me an idea. We didn't have a time warp this week, so I'm thinking we should review Survivor Series 1990. Yeah, I mean, uh, and we can. I actually agree. I think we should do that. Um, so, uh, what if, what if we do it like, uh, next week? Uh, we, uh, we can, we can do that. Um, 
Well, I don't know. I was thinking uh, since we don't have one uh, this week, we could that could be uh, for, for this show right now. We could do that at the end before we sign off. Oh, well, and the only reason I don't want to do that is because I haven't watched it. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to watch oh, it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Then, that's right. Because uh, I told you uh, to go watch. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so my second story, my second Undertaker story. All okay. right. It's yep. Thursday, November 22nd, 1990. Okay. So I left for school about 8, 10, 8, 15. I got there around 8.30. So my two friends are, are standing by the doors for, to the library, okay? So I, so I told them I'm gonna, yeah. run, I'm gonna run to my locker, drop off my bags and my jacket, and I'll be right back. So nine o'clock, the library opens. All the everyday library will open at nine o'clock. We'd go straight for the newspaper because we have the paper we have here is called the Toronto Star. Every Thursday there was a wrestling column in the sports section. Okay, so we we gave like all the rumors or like whatever all the news. Yeah. That morning at nine o'clock, I already knew that the Undertaker was going to make his debut at Survivor Series because the article read like this. The rumor is that the Million Dollar Man's mystery partner for Survivor Series tonight will be former WCW star Mean Mark Callis. But okay. I, I, yeah, I, I, obviously that was the Undertaker in uh, WCW. I was ex I was expecting Mean Mark. I was I wasn't expecting the Undertaker. So when I saw him, I'm like, oh wow. But yeah, I, I knew at nine o'clock that morning he was going to debut. Oh, that's awesome. And that's, that's awesome. and that's way before so, the internet and wrestling sites, etc. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because it's like, you know, even after having worked for a wrestling site, I can honestly say... I don't. I don't really like the fact that we have all this news and stuff available now because, like, it just takes away from the excitement of everything. But that was a good friend. I didn't. You know, I, didn't I didn't spoil it for anyone that day. Well, and and yes, you you got extra brownie points for that. Um, but um, no, I'm, I'm I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not being a smartass yeah. at all. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but you know the thing is, you know, obviously as you get older, you you begin to understand, you know, what wrestling is and what it's not. You know, so kayfabe to that extent dies. You know, once you reach a certain age and understanding. But just in terms of the like excitement surrounding the product. That's what I don't like about about you know news sites because if you know what's gonna happen beforehand, it takes away the excitement of everything. Yeah. Like, you know, cause think about it. Cause think about it. Like hypothetically, in in 1996, 
if we'd have known that The Undertaker was going to, or not The Undertaker, I'm sorry. If, if we knew that Hulk Hogan was going to turn heel and join the NWO, you know, would that moment have been as impactful as it was? And at that time, in 96, the internet was only starting out because it didn't, uh, I was using it in 1993 because my school got the first, uh, the first, uh, test uh, the first uh, te demo tests for the internet. So like yeah. I, I was already like learning stuff about uh, about the internet in 93. It didn't really pick up till 94 though. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, we will move on from uh, Survivor Series and we will, uh, I will, uh, Toss it over to Elio for his take on Monday Night Raw. And Elio, I apologize ahead of time because Monday Night Raw is fucking <laughs> atrocious. Oh, you didn't like it. Oh, the, the, the opening segment. Oh, come on. You didn't like the opening segment? Oh, fire face. Come no. on, mongoose. Hey, what about you, Broly? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That, 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 Kill opening, me now. That, that opening segment was just terrible. It was so stupid and pointless. And Braun Strowman demands his chance at the championship. And he goes and attacks Adam Pierce. He attacked your family member, Adam Pierce. Pierce! Uh, and you know, I you know, and obviously, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, if you're if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I kind of have a running feud with Braun Strowman. Yeah, um, it's you been rekindled yeah, this I, past Monday. It, yeah, it, it definitely got exacerbated, to say the very least. Okay, and so <laughs> our opening match of the night was the New Day versus the Hurt Business. Now, I had a private problem with this one, though. First of all, and, when, and when, first of all what did you think? Well, you know, I just I, I just thought it was, it was predictable because, you know, obviously you're not going to have the New Day lose the tag team belt after they, you know, because... Because they just they lost the Survivor Series, so they're not gonna they're not gonna lose it again the very next night. Okay, so you know? here's here's my problem with it. Now they had the match, something happens, but I believe uh, they disqualified or something the first time. Was it disqualification? Yeah. Okay, so MVP gets on the mic and says. And says, "Come on, you you don't want to lose like that, do you?" So they, he asks for the match to be restarted. No, well, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a DQ. I think it was a countout. Okay, so countout D, okay, countout or DQ, I don't remember which. But um, so MVP is like, "You don't want to lose it that way, do you?" So he he asks for the match to be restarted. What's the difference between the restart and the original? To me, it looked like a conclusion of the beginning of the original match. 
It didn't seem yeah. like a restart at all. It was just I didn't like it. Yeah, it's it's just so it's just so stupid. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna double check something. Hold on, because I'm 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 kind of curious now. Hold on. While you're doing that, I'm going to move on to the next match. And we had Matt Riddle versus Sheamus. This was not a bad match. This was one of my highlights. In, uh, on yeah, this the, I didn't uh, have a no, that, that match was absolutely um, great. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with this one. I did have a problem with the next one. Apparently, Lana did not want a championship match with Asuka, but uh, it was going to happen anyways, so, only to switch it to a tag team match, and that's all I'm going to say about that, and go on, what'd you find? Yes, it was, uh, it was a, um, it was a count out. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not even gonna say anything about that uh, tag team match because it was garbage. Just stop. Then we had yeah. Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley. Keith Lee picks up the win. Uh, by yeah, I think he won by disqualification, right? Right, right, and and we should we should say. That um earlier in earlier in the evening before Adam Pierce um or after Adam Pierce had gotten attacked by uh, Braun Strowman, he announced there's going to be uh, three matches to determine a triple threat, which is going to take place uh, next week, and that triple threat will determine um who the next number one contender is, and in that I have a problem. Because you are going to determine the next number one contender in two weeks, and yet you know you you can't you can't you can't do that. You have to base number one contenders on building a guy up through a series of wins, not two weeks. It it drives me insane how. Even the simplest of ways to make this a better, more compelling show just slips through the cracks because nobody cares. It oh. drives me batty. All right. And uh, then we had Nikki Cross versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, I, oh, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like this match. What, the, no, one, I... the, one, the one part I did like is when Alexa got thrown over the barricades. <laughs> She just like slowly rises up, then she has that smile on her face and she starts walking along the barricade. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. yeah, she did. I think she did that the previous week on SmackDown too. Okay, and then that brings us to our main event, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. And uh, this one, I didn't have a problem with this. I liked the ending with uh, the fiend uh, popping up behind Randy Orton. Randy Orton turns around. He looks. He legit looks scared. Yeah. Um. You know. And, and the thing is, I like this. Uh, I like the potential of this 
Although I do hope it's executed better than their uh, their their feud from 2016. Oh, that was because when I that was when he burned down the white compound, right? Yeah, after the uh, House of Horrors match. That was bad. Which, yeah, 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 it was really bad. And that was at uh, that was at Payback 2016. Was it 2016 or was it 2017? Uh, you, know, gonna, it. you know what? No, no, don't, was... don't worry. I'm gonna look that up because I'm gonna throw it over to my co-host for NXT. No, sorry, AEW. Right. Okay. Cool. So. <clears throat> So we we get um, Hangman Adam Page uh, versus number four John Silver. Number four. And is, he, I, is, he, is he number four? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. I don't, uh, the numbers I get confused. Yeah. Well, apparently he's number four. Okay. I like this match. Yeah, I did too. Um, and you know, John Silver is really showing me something. Um, because you know, before uh, before Brody Lee went out with an ankle injury, um, you know, he was kind of a background player, uh, but now he's really stepped up to be one of the leaders of Dark Order in uh, Lee's absence, and he has really shown me that he is a uh. A really a very entertaining wrestler. So that was that's kind of been a pleasant surprise uh, to see the emergence of, of John Silver, and uh, plus a mutual friend of ours, um, Josh Richards, um, on his on his uh, on his podcast, he uh, interviewed. Um, John Silver on the on his Irish Whip podcast, and um, I I found that to be a very um, a very great interview. Okay, Ben, because you really guys. Ben, yeah, I have something for you. Um, yeah, the House Floors match took place at Payback 2017. Oh, okay, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. But I, I honestly thought it was 2016, so my apologies. Um, but, um, but yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're interested, um, look up Irish Whip podcast interviews, John Silver, and, and you'll get a different take on him. But yeah, in, uh, in AEW, he has really emerged since, uh, Brody Lee's absence. Um, and, um, you know, I, I honestly thought before this match started that it was going to be a squash match in favor of Hangman, but it, it really wasn't. Um, and, uh, you know, we really got a, a solid back-and-forth wrestling match. And I um, I love Adam Page. I think it's really going to um, – <clears throat> I think he's really got big things ahead of him. And then I also like how the Dark Order came out and, um, you know, was explaining that, you know, they actually have uh, respect for Adam Page, you know, because if you remember, uh, they were hanging out with with Page right after he got kicked out of the Elite. Um, And so before this match even started, um, uh, John Silver was offering the fist 
the fist bump, which Paige didn't want to take. And even after the match, um, Dark Order was expressing their their um, their respect for Adam Page, and that he said that the Dark Order was always going to be there for for him. So that's that's an interesting. Um, that's an interesting development because with um, with Kenny Omega emerging as the uh, as the cleaner, um, and uh, and I think eventually going to separate himself from the elite with this new heel character that he has. Um, I think I think it'd be very interesting to eventually bring uh, Adam Page back into the fold with uh, with. Um, being the elite as they've teased over the last number of weeks. Um, next up, we get um, we get Alex Marvez interviewing uh, Kenny Omega, who is about to go out for uh, take number two of the contract signing uh, between himself and John Moxley. Um, as you'll recall. Um, from last week, if you watch the show, uh, Kenny Omega actually signed the contract um, for next week's Winter is Coming uh, main event, um, but uh, Moxley was unable to because he was attacked backstage, and we still don't know who attacked him. Um, but I, I, I really like this promo because Kenny was, was asking uh, John for a straight-up wrestling match. He doesn't want any of the hardcore stuff like we saw with um, with um, uh, Eddie Kingston or, any, or anything like that. And, you know, I don't, I don't blame him either because I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm Kenny Omega, I don't, I don't want to – I don't want to have thumbtacks poured on my back with alcohol. It's just, it's not my my recipe for a good Saturday night. So he's he's asking uh, John Mosley to beat him with his ability, not uh, not uh, with hardcore antics. Uh, next up, we get a squash match featuring Will Powerhouse Hobbs. He's now being introduced as Powerhouse. Um, so uh, it was him versus Lee Johnson. Obviously, this was just a squash match, real quick one. Uh, you know, that's and that's all we, we got for that. Uh, Taz joins Hobbs in the ring. He, he says, great job, you know, go on back and celebrate with our boys. Um, I got to handle some business out here. Um, he wants management to recognize um, the FTW championship as being legit um, and ask for, for someone from management to come out. And here comes Cody, and Cody's trying to uh, cut, um, cut Taz's mic. He does it uh, several times before Taz gets in Cody's face and um, – Cody's trying to Cody's trying to tell him, you know, we'll settle our issues next week. You know, we got a tag team match with with me and uh, 
you know, with me and Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks and Brian Cage will handle it next week. Um, he, and Taz isn't satisfied with that. He he wants he wants the FTW title to get the respect that it deserves. He's tired of um, he's tired of all Cody's shit, and and says um, and says what are you what are you gonna do? Um, wish me the best in my future endeavors. Tell me you got nothing for me. Um, and then uh, Cody Cody gets really pissed and uh, and brings up the fact that if if the FTW title um, means so much to you, then then why isn't your son uh, training with you, and why is he training with me? Uh, <clears throat> you know, Taz obviously gets pissed now that the family has been bought into it. They actually, they actually had, uh, they actually had um, Taz's son at um, at ringside holding on to the FTW title, and he actually walked out with Taz after. Taz locked the Taz mission on Cody. So after that segment was over, uh, his son Hook was walking back with him. Um, after after that, we have uh, Top Flight versus uh, TH2 and Jack Evans and Angelico. Um, I I really like what I've seen from Top Flight so far. This was. This was their, I believe, their second match on the main roster um, after their debut against um, the Young Bucks last week. They have a really good match with uh, TH2, but come up just short. And then uh, TH2 gets pissed off and attacks um, and attacks uh, Top Flight and uh, the, the Young Bucks come out and make the save. Um, after that, we have I didn't I didn't see a lot of this match because my uh, my uh, signal cut out. So I I admit I missed a lot of SCU versus Inner Circle. Um, do you but watch it on TV? The, the, do you watch it on TV? No, uh, no, I I tried to watch it on. Um, I tried to watch it on uh, that website, but it oh, said that. Why, why is that? that? No, no, why, why is that? Because it said that that content had been removed due to a copyright claim. No, my, no, so my I question, don't know. No, my question is why, why is that? Why do you watch it on that site? Do you not watch it on, on regular TV? Well, no, because remember I was on vacation. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Access right, yeah. to the regular TV. Yeah. That's yeah, right, yeah. So, um, and then, uh, <clears throat> then after after that, um, MJF gets into a uh, gets into a little uh, a little back and forth with. With uh, Christopher Daniels calling him a coward, um, out comes Scorpio Sky to make the save from a beatdown with a steel chair. Um, <clears throat> oh my God! Oh. And this has to be the low light because now we get the debut of a Miro and Kit video game extravaganza. I don't give a fuck at all. 
Um, I don't. Why is Miro being stuck in a video game partnership with Kip Sapien? I don't know. Kip Sapien has uh, Penelope Ford, and I mean this in all seriousness. He does not need Miro, and Miro doesn't need Kip Sapien. What the hell is going on here? Uh, Miro belongs on the top of the card. Um, <clears throat> next up, we get uh, uh, AEW Women's Championship match. So the uh, NWA World uh, Women's title gets the week off. Uh, you know, Anna Jay loses to Hikaru Shida. I really do see um, a lot of potential in Anna Jay, um, but as she is so young, um, you know, she, she's obviously not ready for that big win yet. So the, uh, the belt stays on Hikaru Shida. And then we have uh, Rob Zombie's favorite, uh, favorite girlfriend, Avedon. Uh, returning. <laughs> Rob Zombie's favorite girlfriend. What? Um, because, because, ladies and gentlemen, if if you don't know, uh, the the gimmick is based off of uh, Rob Zombie's song "Living Dead Girl." Yep. And if you don't know that song, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Exactly. Um. um we are really giving you a pop culture education between John Candy and Rob Zombie, but uh, if you uh, seriously if you've never heard that song or that album, I uh, I highly recommend uh, Hellbilly Deluxe uh, because that that is a that is a fantastic album and you will enjoy it if you're. Uh, Musical taste looks anything like mine, and and Elio's too because Elio's a badass, which is why we're friends doing this podcast. Because if he, if he was a sissy who enjoyed pop music, we wouldn't we wouldn't be friends. Pop music, what? I'm sorry. Yeah, pop, pop, pop music, music sucks. What? It's it's terrible. It's terrible. That's my point. Yes. Uh, next up, we have uh, the Butcher and the Blade um, versus Pack and Ray Phoenix. I love Pack and Ray Phoenix. My God, they're so good. Um, you know, this was this was a really good, uh, really good match, and uh, you know, Eddie Kingston on commentary is really, really is really, really good. Um, and then we have uh, Lance Archer coming out. He, he's teasing a feud with um, with Pack. It looks like, which which could be really interesting um, because usually someone of Pack's size, I wouldn't give them a chance against Lance Archer. But Pack is one of those uh, rare combinations of like. Even even despite his size, I give him a legitimate chance against Lance Archer because of of the nature of the character and how good of a wrestler he is. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed uh, this episode of um, of AEW, and um, you know, not not a lot happened, but they did they did a very good job of setting up for uh, the biggest dynamite. Um, to date so far, uh, coming up next week, winter is coming, 
I cannot wait for that main event between uh, John Moxley and Kenny Omega. I think that that is going to tear the house down, and I'm very excited. Uh, speaking of something that doesn't always tear the house down now that makes me sad uh, is NXT. And, and with that being said, I will toss it over to my co-host um, for his take on this week's NXT. Elio, what's up, man? All right, NXT this week. We start with Candice LeRae versus Ember Moon. Candice LeRae defeats Ember Moon. We get a Tony Storm heel turn at the end. What did you think about this one? I didn't really like this one. Well, I, I didn't either. And this was the, this was the one part of um, of NXT that I went back and took a look at after I heard about it because it just it seemed really random to me. Yeah, it, a, a, it was, a lot of these I I I see on uh, Facebook, so then I go back and watch. Yeah, and and that was the then that was the exact case uh, with me and this. Uh, this Tony Storm heel, this Tony Storm heel turn on Ember Moon. Um, like I and like I said, um, it just seems really random to me. It, it's not that I have an issue with uh, Tony Storm as a heel. It will be interesting to see if she can pull it off. It's just given the fact that she just came back, and and she has she's always been a a, a baby face. And she just came back from this long layoff. I think it was too soon to turn her heel. I would have, I would have given, I would have given her more time uh, to come back and build up a reason for her to turn heel. Um, you know, like make a storyline out of it to explain why she's turning heel. Um, because it just. It just seemed like they turned her heel for the sake of turning her heel, which is which any turn that's done for no reason, I just have a problem with. And with someone as talented as Tony Storm, I think she des- she deserves to have a storyline built up if they're gonna do something as big as the heel turn for someone like her. Okay, then we had a vignette with Legado del Fantasma followed by an in-ring promo from the Undisputed Era. They are going to pick uh, someone to face off against Pete Dunne for the, um, I believe it's called, yeah, the War Games Advantage. And following that, we have our second match, Timothy Thatcher defeating Kushida. This was a great match. Okay, I'll, I'll have to go back and take a look at it. Yeah, I um. By the way, sorry, there there was a part in the match. Um, Kushida dropped a Thatcher on his face out, <laughs> outside, like, and uh, Tomas Trumpa was sitting right there in front of him, just watching the match. So, uh, and uh, as soon as uh, Thatcher stood up, you could see he was bleeding from the mouth and the nose. Yeah, I know. Um, I know that uh, Champa has a feud going on with Kushida right now, but I think, I think down the line it would be very interesting uh, to see a program between Champa and Thatcher. Um, yeah. Because um, I just think that from like 
from a wrestling style perspective and also from from like the psyches of their character, um, I think that would be an interesting combination. And plus, they're just fantastic at what they do um, for a living. So I'm never going to complain about that potential uh, feud coming up. All right. And next we had Cameron Grimes versus Jake Atlas. Oh, my God. Following this match, you know where Cameron Grimes went? To the moon. He went to the moon. Cameron Grimes. Ha, ha. <laughs> how did you like how did you like my impression? That was pretty I thought good. that was pretty good. Yeah. Okay, no. yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. In the main event, we had Pete Dunn defeating Kyle O'Reilly following some interference. And uh so team uh so the Kings of NXT get the War Games advantage next Sunday night. Yeah, All Sunday, right. right? Sunday, right? Or Saturday? No, it's, um, they said November 6th, so that's a Sunday. Yeah, December um, 6th. Okay, wow. Uh, see, this is odd because I'm so, I've been so used to, I've been so used to NXT takeovers taking place on Saturday nights. Yeah, me too. But I, I think, I think they're doing it because, um, because, like, there's not a main roster pay-per-view on, on, uh, on Sunday right. for something, so I think that's why they're moving the takeover to, right. to Sunday. Okay. Okay, so uh, that's our review of NXT. We are going to should we take a break before we get into SmackDown and uh, then our list. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take a break and we'll be right back with our review of SmackDown. And then we will get into ranking our top 25 managers. So stay tuned for that. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And unfortunately, I'm so sorry. I have to take you back to... Uh, to last night's SmackDown, and I wanted to apologize ahead of time, and I promise you I'm not doing this to be an asshole. It's part of my job as a podcaster. <clears throat> so um, we, we start out with the good stuff. Uh, the best storyline going on WWE uh, TV is the interplay between uh, Jay Uso and the newly heel Roman Reigns. So uh, we start with uh, Jay Uso heading into the ring, and he says that everybody's focusing on the wrong thing in the farewell to the Undertaker. Um, but but the big story coming out of the pay per view should be how. Um, how Roman uh, took out Drew McIntyre to prove that he was the champion of champions in WWE. Um, now, now he's now now he starts talking a little bit too much, talking about Roman Reigns, and uh, you know he really believes that uh, Roman is going to be proud of him for helping him uh, win his match against against Drew because if, if you recall um, 
Jay came in and had a super kick on Drew, which turned the tide permanently in Roman Reigns' uh, direction uh, during the uh, during the championship match. So um, out comes uh, out comes Roman Reigns cutting off Jay, um, and uh, and he says that. Uh, and he certainly takes his time getting into the ring. Uh, I think his entrance is longer than some of his matches nowadays. Um, but as soon as he gets in the ring, he simply says, play it um, to, to, the, to the camera and the screen. So he's giving, uh, he's giving our, uh, our favorite resident beaver, uh, Kevin Dunn, a... Uh, a directive to play the um, the video package from Survivor Series on the uh, on the Titantron. There, did you just call Kim? And after, hold on, hold on. After we get through ben. with that, uh, Roman gives Jay a talking to. Ben, Ben, did you yeah. just did you just call Kevin Dunn a resident beaver? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> I, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was um, good. But but um, but am, like, am I wrong? No, I just that was funny. I'm, I'm not wrong. I, no, I just thought that was funny. I'm like, call the beaver. Um, see, I can be funny from time to time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Go on. Uh, but um, so he gets in Jay's face about how um, his team lost at uh, Survivor Series, suffering a clean sleep overall, as we went over extensively in our Survivor Series review. And he says that if if Jay can't be taken seriously as the captain of Team SmackDown, then how can they? Uh, how can the fans take their family seriously? Um, and uh, you know how? And how are the fans going to look at Roman as the champion? And and he doesn't want to be seen as um, the bitch begging for for post Thanksgiving leftovers. I like that. The bitch is like WWE's favorite insult. I know, right? I, I swear to God, it's very, um, it's very odd. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but then, then we get, well, then we get, uh, Roman posing a question, you know, um, why do you why do you think that the SmackDown team didn't respect you? Jay tried to say it's because they didn't listen, and, and Roman was like, "Well, they didn't listen because they they don't fear you and thus don't respect you." Um, and uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm just noticing now, and I'm so sorry I was on the delay, but apparently uh, my co-host has been playing with the controls again. He has he has once again uh, changed my nameplate to Ben Pierce versus Braun Strowman in reference to my earlier feud with with the 
the, with the strumming train or whatever he calls himself nowadays. I'm not, I'm not rocking. Right? He has a choo-choo train on his t-shirt. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> or oh, not. What the hell? But anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Roman continuing is continues going in on Jay, talking about how his, do his kids look at him, and like, you know, how are your failures making me feel and reflecting on me, and blah blah blah. And so, long story short, Jay Uso is made to look like a small little man in comparison to his cousin. The head of the table, Roman Reigns, and uh, and uh, Elio. If you're not aware that um, that uh, Roman Reigns is the head of the table, you must be blind because it says it on his big ass T-shirt. I noticed that. So apparently, uh, WWE wants to make it very clear that uh, Roman Reigns is the head of the table. Um, I I don't need to be reminded of that constantly, but nonetheless. So then we get the, we get the first match, which I I already kind of uh, talked about a little bit uh, because um, because Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode defeated the team that defeated the New Day in the Champions versus Champion match at Survivor Series, but yet they still lost to the Nobodies and the Losers. Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Oh my God, kill me now, Elio! Just, just kill me. But if I do that, I, if I do that, I have to carry this podcast by myself. <laughs> well, well, yes, and and our our ratings would suffer dramatically without my presence. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so. Um, Unfortunately, I have to suffer through SmackDown for the benefit of our listeners, uh, <clears throat> which is a sacrifice I will gladly make. Uh, next up, we have Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, before the match, Sami cuts a promo uh, cutting down the tradition of American Thanksgiving. I'll tell you what, I, I, I know he's playing a heel character, but sometimes I legitimately want Sami Zayn to shut the hell up. Oh, come on. He's being a heel. Well, yeah, yes, but I'm, I'm, I'm just... I, and, and the fact that I want him to shut the fuck up uh, represents the fact that he is a great heel. That's my point. Oh, okay. So, uh, he's doing his job. Um... And then uh, I don't know I don't know what you thought, but I thought I thought um, Brian uh, really carried that match with the exception of taking a brain buster off the off the apron, courtesy of uh, courtesy of Sami Zayn. And then there was another spot where um, where uh, Brian dove to the outside before that trying to hit the axe handle, but then hit the apron instead. So, you know, he had a rough night, but it was a good match. That was one of my uh, highlights. Yeah. I'm sorry? That was one of my highlights. The thing O'Brien sent me to Yeah, I agree. Um, match number three was a quick uh, squash job uh, for Bianca Belair. She quickly uh, took out Natalia. 
Now, what did you think of this match? What? What did you think of this match? I thought it was crap. I really did. Okay. No, I, I, I like the no because I like the fact that um, Bianca is being put over because because I've been begging for this since she debuted on the main roster. So I love the way that she is being treated on SmackDown, but it's like every time Natalia comes to the ring, you know exactly what's going to happen. So it becomes a it becomes a bathroom break scenario. But that's just me. Uh, match number four. Oh my god! I could I could I could have just thrown a brick at my television screen. I love Rey Mysterio. I swear to God, he's one of the reasons I fell in love with professional wrestling. But this this storyline that just ended with um, with Seth Rollins is carrying over to this new relationship between Murphy and Aaliyah. And because of that, the entire Mysterio family accompanied Murphy to his uh, to his match against uh, Baron Corbin. You know what? I kind of I, I, I lost. I kind of felt sorry for Baron Corbin in this match because the the Mysterio family acted like a bunch of heels. Like they were blocking him at like every corner. Yeah, yeah I, I I know. I lost. I lost count of how many times they jumped up on the apron for yeah. God's sake. And, and he's like, "What's going on here?" So I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, seriously, what's going on? Like, kind of feel sorry for the guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Baron Corbin is supposed to be the heel, and I ended up feeling bad for him. Right? <laughs> right? So that was kind of weird. Um, and then, uh, and then we have uh, after Murphy pinned Corbin. I mean, if Murphy had lost that match, he would have been like the biggest dumbass in the history of professional <laughs> wrestling. But after that, the main event was Kevin Owens versus Jey Uso, and. And this was a very good match. I particularly enjoyed the uh, the work on commentary by Kevin Owens as this match was going on, especially at the end. Um, where was he doing? Was he Was he Roman Reigns looking at the TV as the as uh, Owens is talking to him? Was he doing commentary while he was in the match? Um, well, no, no, I, I must, I may have misspoke, but no, it's like he, after the match, um, Owens went to behind the commentary booth and put the headset on and was talking to him. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. I, I, after the match. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Cause I, cause I know yeah. like, so, uh, they're, they're, they're I really, like, I really yeah. like that. And then, um, you know, that was the strongest part of SmackDown, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, it, it, the problem the problem with SmackDown, as much the same as Raw, is just there's so, there are only a few segments that are, uh, that are enjoyable. And, I, you know, if, if someone talking on the headset is the most entertaining part of the show, Oh, and then I, I forgot one part. 
So apparently, uh, Billy Kay is auditioning for a role behind the. Uh, I really hope they the commentary table. Oh boy. This is my work. And this is my resume. I was part of Raw. And, and <laughs> so, so through, through this whole thing, I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me? But because because I can't, I, like I can't stand Billy Kay as a character. Her boo, voice just boo, annoys me. Boo. Billy, don't worry, I still love you. Well, yeah, you're a fellow Canadian, so you can kiss her ass, but I don't have to. She, she's, she's not Canadian, she's Australian. Billy Key's Australian. Uh, whatever. No, not whatever. Okay, well, they're, they're two different um, ends of the world. Well, I know, but, but still, you know, your, your fanboyism is distracting me. <laughs> okay. It's terrifying because Billy Kay is annoying. But anyway, like I couldn't I couldn't help but laugh because the expression on on uh, Corey Graves' face as she's staring at him with the stupid smile on her face. She's literally staring at him like this. <laughs> and, uh, I just, I just made a, a weird smiley face in the yeah, camera. I, I, have, uh, I have a question. Oh, I have a question. Shouldn't they be social distancing? Exactly. <laughs> and she's like right up in his face. But the expression on Corey Graves' face matched mine to a T. And I couldn't go back and... and I'll, I'll go and back and watch it. Corey Graves' expression. And I want you to message me. No, hold on, hold on. Wait. Hold on, I have a question. Uh, what part of the show was this? Just so I go back. Um, um, let me see. Um, let, I'll, um, I'm, I'm gonna see. I think, I think it was after, oh yeah, it was, it was after the Corbin match. Oh, okay. All right. So it okay. was right, it was right, it was right before the main event. Oh, okay. All right, cool. But the expression on Graves' face was matched mine to a T. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help but laugh out loud. I might just send you the clip if I can find it on YouTube after okay, the yeah, show's over. Yeah, if you like, send me the clip. Otherwise, I'll go back and check it out. Um, okay, so is that all we have for SmackDown then? Yeah. All right, so um, before we get into our special list, Ben, I had a thought about last week because I was looking at Time Warp. Now, we discussed off air how we were going to review Survivor Series 1990 next week. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, how about we do two... Uh, Two time warps. Uh, it's up to you. I and uh, don't answer yet because I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you the what uh, pay per view took place on December fourth. Of uh, okay, so 
the pay-per-view that took place on December 4th was WWE TLC 2016. Okay, we can, yeah, we can do two of them. With the, and the, the, the main event on that one was AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose. Okay, yeah, I definitely want to do that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll do, we are going fans, we're going to do two time warps next week. We survived Series 1990 from oh, November dude. 22nd and TLC 2016 from December the 4th. Very cool. All right, Ben, so what is it? So we have a double appearance from the Flux Capacitor and the DeLorean. Very good. All right, so Ben, when you say we get into this, uh, uh, this, uh, List of uh, top 25 managers. Absolutely. All right. So do you want to go first or how should we do this? Should we uh, go back um, and forth? Yeah, I want to let me, we're going we're gonna to go by groups of five. So yeah, I have my bag. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go bottom to top. Okay. You want to Because right. I, I just like one bottom to top. Yep. Okay. So you're up first. Okay, so I'm up first. So I'm going to start in my first group, one to five. I, okay. Right, well, no, it's, it's, it's 25 to 20. Okay, so 25 to 20. I'm... 25 to 20, I'm going to go. 25, I've got Colonel Rob Parker. He was, okay. ter he was terrible. 24, I've got yeah. Eric, Eric. 24, I've got Eric Bischoff. 23, I've yeah, got. Okay. Uh, 23, I've got that uh, one that we don't know the name. Yeah. 22, I have Elizabeth. 21, I have Gary Hart. And at number 20, I've got Sonny Ono. Okay, so 25, I had Eric Bischoff. Mm -hmm. Well, I should say, I don't have 25 because I didn't know who two of them were, but I'm, I'm pretty close. So 23, I had... I had Eric Bischoff, and then Sonny Isle, Colonel Parker. Sorry, what was before uh, that? Missy Hyatt. Ben? And ben? Uh, Baby Doll. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, can you repeat that? Because you cut out a bit. You had cut out a bit. Uh, what did you okay. say you had? So, Yeah, so I had um, 25, I had Eric Bischoff. Okay. Or 23, I should say. 23. And then next up, I had Sonny Ano. Oh, okay. All Colonel right. Parker, uh, Missy Hyatt, and Baby Doll. Mm, okay. It, you know, not really a fan. So, uh, what what was your next group? Okay, so um, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, let me redo my twenty five to twenty. 
because uh, I am messing things up here. Because uh, okay, you know what? We will be right back, folks. Okay, I just had to double check my list because everything got out of place here. So, twenty-five to twenty, I've got Rob Parker, Eric Bischoff, uh, that one manager that I'm unsure the name, Elizabeth and Gary Hart. Nineteen, I've got Sonny Ono, Ric Flair, Woman, Captain Lou Albano, and Baby Doll. Right. Okay, so we have we have a pr pretty similar list so far. Um, so for my uh, fifteen through um, through ten, I had uh, well just about that. Um, I had Ric Flair only because I really don't consider him a manager, so that was weird. Like even in even in Evolution, I didn't really consider him a manager, so that's why yeah. He's so I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why you're on that list. Yeah, so that's why I put him where he is. Uh, and then I had Bill Alfonso, Harley Race, because once again, I don't really consider Harley Race a manager. It's just it's hard for me to put him in that category. Then I had uh, Lou Albano, or Lou Albano and uh, Brother Love and Jim Cornette. Okay. All right, so I guess we're in the top 10 now. Is that right? Yeah. All right, so uh, I... Yeah. All right, so me, uh, I, you know what? Instead of doing five and five, let's just both do our top 10. Yeah. Okay, so number 10, Sensational Sherry. Number nine, I have Paul Bearer. Number eight, I've got. Number eight, I've got Mr. Fuji. Uh, number seven, I've got JJ Dillon. Six, I've got Paul Heyman. Five, Jim Cornette. Four, I have Slick. Three, I have Jimmy Hart. And two, I have Bobby Heenan. I think I'm missing one. Was there anyone that uh, I missed on that list because uh, I got all like un I got all scrambled up here? Yeah, who, no, did you, who did you have at number one? Uh, that's just it because on when I started, I had Bobby Heenan at number one, and going down the list one to five is Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, Slick, Jim Cornette, Paul Heyman. Yeah. Okay, um, <clears throat> I don't think you miss anybody there. Okay, oh, yeah. so 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 it must be an extra one in there. Okay, so there we go. Okay, so um, from my uh, top ten, I had uh, oh yeah, there there was one you missed. It was uh, James Mitchell. Okay, so James, uh, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna flip Sherry and James Mitchell around. James Mitchell is going down to ten. Sensational Sherry is going up to um, seven. Okay, yeah. So I had um, I had James Mitchell at ten. I had Slick at number nine. 
I have Mr. Fuji at number eight. Ooh, okay. Uh, Paul Ellering at seven. Uh, JJ Dillon at six. Uh, Woman at five. Uh, Sherry Martell at four. Uh, Miss Elizabeth at three. Wow. Uh, Actually, no, Miss Elizabeth at four. I'm sorry. Uh, Paul Heyman at three. Okay. Uh, Paul Bear at two. And Bobby Heenan at number uh, one. Did you have Jim Corn- Jimmy Hart on that list? Uh, oh yeah, he was. Um, he, he got switched around because originally, originally I had him at number eight, but then I I replaced him with with woman, and then put J- Jimmy Hart right above woman. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, so those are our top 25 ranked managers. Ben, what do you say bring the show to a close for the week? Yeah, and, and for once, our uh, for once our, our lists were pretty similar, and I didn't have to have a, I didn't have to have a rant uh, <laughs> directed at the list king. Hey, the the, the so list that was, that was good. The list king should take lessons from us. Exactly. Oh my goodness! I, you know what I'm looking at? I kind of enjoy uh, reading his lists on on our show just to get your reactions and your brands. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are they are entertaining, and I do enjoy enjoy going on. Them, I, so agree, I, I agree. With I agree. With some of them, but like some of the some of the lists. Wow. I mean, yeah, he, he some made, of them are just. He's even he even ranked uh, the top one hundred uh, metal songs or whatever. We should try. Oh a me- God! We should try a metal list one day. Yeah. So um, yeah. So that 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 would probably cause me to have an aneurysm because I'm I'm such a I'm such a heavy metal fan that like I I would I would probably get more emotional over that than professional wrestling to tell you the truth. <laughs> So, uh, but with with that happy thought for a future show in mind, uh, we will sign off for uh, for the week, and we will be back with a special Friday night edition and our NXT Takeover um, prediction show. And of course, don't forget we have a double dose of the DeLorean coming up as well. Um, so, uh, with all that being said, I've been the man that's always piercing barriers, Ben Pierce. He is the piano man, sometimes known as Elio Canella, and the gentleman, which I disagree with that moniker. Uh, and and together we are the, together we are the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, and we will talk to you next week. All right, fans, talk to you then. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for You've been searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor 
And buried in your bones there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over it's 